Support for a podcast with GOAT is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision tools for your family jewels, and there ain't nothing more important than that. Big news. Ring the alarm. Manscaped just launched in Canada. This is where 98% of you live. I look at the stats. For those listeners in Canada, aka the people listening right now, you can be one of the first Canadians to experience life-changing products. Listen, I'm a trimmer. I'm a groomer. I take care of myself. You don't know how many countless times I've hit a neck. Next thing you know, there's a fountain. It doesn't stop. There's blood everywhere. It looks like a crime scene by the time I'm finished, okay? He's, he's singing like Mariah at the end of it. Exactly. And then you think, oh my God, I cut myself aftershave. Eh, wrong idea. You don't want to do that. But with Manscaped, you can. That's why Manscaped has the redesigned electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineered team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. Period. I know I'm reading that, but I'm saying period ever they have the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 we're done with the 2.0 it's still on the website it's okay but the 3.0 is where it's at it's their third generation trimmer and it features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents that is the key part in this situation there will be zero accidents it has skin safe technology when i tell you this is premium i mean premium the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can shave for however long you want and however hairy you are what more do you want <laughs> the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower one of the coolest features is the led light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming they've also upgraded to a 7000 7 thousand rpm motor with quiet stroke technology and let's not forget about the charging stand oh don't forget about the charging don't you stand. forget about it show your mower off loud and proud because it's intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by usb if you are listening to me speak right now right now right now right now i want you to experience it firsthand for yourself trim that junk of yours get 20 percent off free plus free shipping with plus code free shipping. apwg all capitals at manscaped.com your balls will thank you it says it on the shirt and if they say it on the shirt that means they mean it your balls will thank you thank you to manscaped for supporting the boys go buy the product again get 20 percent off and free shipping with code apwg all capitals at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code APWG. All caps. It's time to shave those balls, isn't it? Uh, we have a very, very, very special guest on today's podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dragoche. I got co-host Anthony Maslin. And when I say special guest, I mean special. We are talking the undefeated five wins. No losses, three KOs, the king of St. Catharines, Antonio Napolitano. And we didn't even rehearse that. I might have butchered his last name. I apologize. I don't speak Italian. But my man is a certified killer, the king of St. Catharines, knocking motherfuckers out left and right. How are you, dude? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> Good, dog. Good. So we have an, we have an ongoing thing with this podcast. And uh, a few months ago, I said that I would be able to fuck up 
mountain lion seven out of ten times. So before we start every podcast, I like to ask people, but like, let me paint. I see you squinting, looking at me like this kid's already a Muppet, but let me paint a picture for you. Okay. It's only six feet long and it's 200 pounds. You think if a mountain lion comes at you, you could, you could land like a right hook and drop it. Sorry, I misinterpreted that. I were talking about me or you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it's, if it's good, no way. I, I'm saying I get them seven out of ten times, but do you, uh, and now? But I'm asking you: Do you think you could get them? If, if I'm going anywhere where where I'm going to be in a confrontation with a mountain lion, I'm bringing a baseball <laughs> bat. My money's on myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to keep right to the back of his throat, bro. I'll take a slap shot right off his chest. <laughs> Oh, hey, that's baseball bat. Baseball bat always gets the job done, bro. It's my weapon of choice. <laughs> Good reach. Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. Exactly. Uh, so I want to, I want to, I want to first preface how I got put on to you. So one of one of mine and, and Anthony Maslin here, one of our best friends worked at Blackbeards. Um, so I don't know, Antonio was his name. Uh, and he, he used to work beside Nick, who cuts your hair. So that's yeah, and I'd go in there, get my hair cut. And Nick would be like, yo, my buddy's boxing. We're going to fucking go see him. Like, or we're going to, I don't know. I, anyways, I've, I've been to one of your fights. We'll talk about that after. Um, what well, was it? Uh, with Cherry, where you fucking starched him in the first round. That- oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was yeah, awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. So we'll get to that. And you're always on Nick's Insta story with I, those crispy I, I, I ass think, haircuts. I, I, I think he's I think he still have a nightmare spell that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. You know, you know what's funny? My, actually, that video that video had two two hundred and five thousand, almost half up. Uh, sorry, almost a quarter of a million views on YouTube, and I think it had like a thousand likes. That's and, uh, crazy. So, but listen, it, it had like a thousand likes, 251 dislikes. And I was last I tell him, and I'm like, no, Kenny logged on 251 times to dislike the video. Because how can you dislike that? How can you dislike that, bro? That's, that's an optimal KO, bro. That's, that's, a crispy, that's as crispy as it gets. I want to down the pipe. That's basic, basic boxing, right? I don't know how anybody in the right mind could just like the video there's a there, it really only leads to one conclusion kenny clearly logged on 251 times hit the dislike button <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck this is gonna be this is gonna be fucking a great interview so like i messaged you today i was all fired up i've done a ton of research on you um and, and there's a few things that i watched some watch some of your fights i watched that knockout like three times um you said three, you were, you were quote. Yeah, well, just three. I had a lot of other stuff I needed to watch, dog. You're, you you got a whole bunch of stuff out on social media there. Um, yeah. But you were quoted saying, snakes and ladders are boring. I just wanted to fight. Oh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so you were, you were talking about growing up as a kid and how, you know, you just wanted to fight. You wanted to, Chuck Liddell was a big influence. 
Mm-hmm. You loved your Thursday night SmackDown. I was a big backyard Friday, wrestling Friday kid. Night SmackDown, bro. Friday night SmackDown. Okay, bro. Okay, all right. Don't, all right. Don't, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Okay, bro. all right. Fair enough. Um, it was a Monday night Raw, but, though, right? Mon- yeah, Raw was always Monday. Um, I was a big backyard wrestling kid. Yeah. Okay. I think it comes from just like being competitive and, and always like wanting to win. Like, do you think that's part of it? Like, do you think it's your competitive advantage in you? It was just like, I'm the, I want to see who's the alpha. I want to bang like from an early age or was like, what was it in you that wanted to do that? Uh, definitely not competitive and definitely not being the alpha. Cause I got my ass beat <laughs> on the regular and I kept going back for more. And we're talking street hockey we're talking touch football. You know, I was always hung out with older kids, but it was it was getting my speed on the regular and coming back for more. And, and uh, you know, like, it's just anything my mom tried to get us to do that was civilized just didn't last long. <laughs> we, just, we wanted to fight, whether it was street hockey, we end up in a fight, whether it was just fighting anywhere. It was just always revolved around, like, you know, like, who's the best wrestler? We'd wrestle, I'd get tapped out, and I'd be like, well, let's put on the boxing gloves, and then i get the shit beat on me the boxing gloves, and then I'd be like, well, well, if it was if it was wrestling and boxing combined, then i get my ass beat. Like, I just like to fight, you know? Did you, yeah. did you ever do bucket boxing? Remember that? You got... Oh, in the change room of hockey all the time. I, I got signed out doing that, too. I mean, it was just... <laughs> I don't know. I just like to fight. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, and I mean, you've kind of touched on it here. You said you grew up and you did quite a few sports, whatever your mom tried to get you to do at the time. But what made you stick with boxing and not those other sports? Like, and and off of that, do you think playing those other sports helped you with boxing? Yeah. So, so here's the thing, right? I played. Um, I was always a good athlete. Um, I I was. Good. I was above average any sport I did, but see the thing with hockey that kind of turned me off is like it's it's the crowd. It's those it's those triple A kids that wear the leather the leather jackets, the long hair, the ice dog style dudes, and you know it's just it's it's the way they were off the even on the off the ice on the ice, almost the way they were. Um, it's like almost the culture of it almost turned me off because once you get to a certain level in hockey, it's all politics, right? Yeah, for sure. It's almost who's cool and who's not, who's dad's this, who's not. And I was a good player, but I ended up, you know, playing maybe like two minutes every period. Um, You know, I, I didn't get along with a lot, like some of the coaches and that caused a thing, but I'd still always be working hard outside practicing, right? On the other hand, when you go to boxing, when you go to boxing, there's not 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 like that involved. It's you, another guy fighting the ring, and you know that's what you put in is the result you're gonna get. There's the odd rip off in amateur boxing, but other than that, it's it's plain and simple. So when um you know I went from you know getting bit shot in practice, you know playing two minutes, a goal here, goal there. Hockey didn't work out. Soccer was just house league, and it was just a beer league where we all yeah. we all just messed around, right? But you know, I I boxed amateur, and then I remember 
when I when I turned eighteen is when I turned open in amateur where you can fight like forty year old men like you fight any age age limit. So I mean, as opposed to riding the bench in hockey for political reasons, picture, picture you now. Uh, in front of a big crowd, a bunch of gangbangers in Toronto, you're fighting some 35-year-old dude, and at first you're kind of like taken back, but you go, I, I went out, and I was signing these guys out, in amateur, you come down out of the ring, and everyone's like, yo, giving you props, and I'm kind of like, yo, like, uh, I like this, bro, this is better than, this is better than riding the bench, dog. this one pops in both, right? And then, you know, that, that sense of confidence, obviously, when like it got me a little bit too confident because once you're like 16 17 and you realize that you know you're good and and, and grown men aren't what you think they are like yeah you know it, it's you think they're old because they're grown men you think they're so big and like scary growing up but once you realize it's 17 18 it kind of it kind of worked in a negative way because i i I'd go downtown to the bars with my buddy at like 18 and it's like, I'm eyeballing this guy across the bar and I'm like, nah, these older guys, they're 35, they're probably roofers, all, all jacked and shit. They, <laughs> and they got the full beard going, but it's like, nah, I remember, I remember that guy at the tournament. Nah. I, just, <laughs> you know, you end up out, yeah, end up, you end up out banging out somebody's dad at a house party. Also, you got that sense of confidence in the ring in Toronto and it's like, yeah. That's crazy. You you yeah, talked man, about it's, amateur. It's a, yeah, no, it's okay. Sorry. Yeah. I'm cut. It's we're learning. Yeah, no. Um, going open definitely gave me a huge sense of confidence because you're suddenly fighting um, full grown men. But it kind of, like I said, it kind of took my confidence to another level, which at the time probably wasn't such a great thing. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Um, you made the decision to go from amateur and I mean, you had a pretty extensive, extensive amateur career, but then you make the jump to pro I'm assuming it was sort of an easy one. Um, but like, what's your goal with pro boxing? Like what's, what's the end goal? Oh, bro. My, my goal is to fight again. You see with COVID, like it's, yeah, it's not like all the other sports. It costs like, I'm going to say $200,000 to throw a show because of the, like, I don't know if you know this, but like each each knockout, the promoter got to pay the athletic commission something like twelve hundred dollars. It's not oh, an exact. Shit. I did right? know that. That's it, crazy. The thing, and, and there's all sorts of hidden costs you don't know about. But I th- I think it's roughly so, just about a thousand dollars that the promoter has to pay uh, for medical reasons, and then on top of that, um, well, a, a pro ring. There's so many rules and regulations regulations um you gotta pay obviously the rest the lighting system the sound system is just a stupid price for a pro show um you gotta set as a promoter like you're responsible for everything from the ring down to every plastic beer cup like you're put on the show you're buying the venue you have to you have to pay for the doctor all the medical tests it's 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 expensive and then on top of that Guess how much it is just for COVID testing. If, if me and you were to throw a boxing show oh. together, if we had a promoter's license, guess how much it costs just for COVID testing? $2,000. No, I'm going to say like 20 bands. $20,000, exactly, yeah. So That's crazy. Here's the thing. The whole concept, 
the whole concept of social distancing is no crowds, no nobody together, no events. So what type of promoter out there? There's no Canadian produce promoters really that are going to spend two hundred thousand plus an additional twenty thousand for the COVID testing, and uh, they're just not going to take their money back. So no one can throw that, no one can flush that money down the shitter, right? Like yeah. just to get their guys a fight, right? So yeah, I was going Sorry, on top of that, what happens if, boom, you, you spend all that money setting it up, you're now on the whole $2,000 and all your refs test positive the day before the fight or your main event and your co-main event test positive. Yeah. You're fucked. You are fucked, you know? Yeah. So, so I mean, that's what it is. That's why I'm not fighting. Uh, the states of Montreal are, are, are going, all the main shows are happening, but you got to understand... Like, there's a show, Danny Jacobs is fighting Gabriel Rosado, I think, in November. And I think they're having a middleweight uh, on the undercard. But for for every guy like me from St. Catharines, a middleweight from St. Catharines, trying to jump on a card like that, there's, say, 20 from Buffalo, 40 from Rochester, 1,000 in New York, another 1,000 in Philly. And it's just like, no one can get the fights they're looking for because it's just... it's not a lot happening in the States, right? But it is happening, so it sucks watching those guys on the top level getting better and still fighting, and and I can't, so... Yeah, I was going to ask how COVID changed boxing. And I mean, especially, like you just talked about, like those big promotions, like we're still seeing cards because they can generate money through pay-per-view or, or DAZN with their... Uh, you know, people paying for their platform monthly. But, yeah, yeah I was going to ask how little promotions were staying afloat, and I guess they're just not throwing events. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and personally, is, what do you guys think? I was going to say, what do you guys think about COVID? Uh, I'm, I'm on the record saying, like, nine different things. Um, at first, I, did, I didn't know what the hype was about. And then I think after I heard everything, I was scared. And now I'm just kind of like, well, like, I don't know. The death rate's down. Like, it is what it is. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think it's a scam. <laughs> How about that? Hot take. Right the There's a hot <laughs> take for you. Scam. Scamdemic. I like it. Oh, I fucking love that. Um, okay, so... Is there is there any other Canadian boxer that you've watched make the leap from amateur to pro, and now they're doing something where it's like, okay, I think I could do that. Like someone like a Cody Crowley comes to mind, mm-hmm. or is, is there someone where it's like, you know, they've they've made the jump, and they're now starting to like get these big fights, get on big promotions. Well, you know what? If I had, well. No, no, that, let's put it this way. There's there, there's a lot of guys that turn amateur and they're they're doing really good. They're doing the, they're taking all the right routes, but there is nobody that I can't do the exact same as anyone else because nobody else has to work full time construction and two kids. That yeah, I see every day, and I can't compare anybody else's route to mine. Right, like you know. Um, compare their fights but the route they're taking like Cody has his own promotion thing going I can't do that like holy like I don't have time to like I don't have time ever like 
I barely have time to train. And um, as a boxer, and then when it comes to selling tickets, it's a nightmare. Like, I have no time. So, own your own promotion on top of that. It's just, it's just, I don't even want to think about that. And, yeah. Uh, you know, like, yeah, it, it's great. He was down Vegas fight and that's that's great that's Uncle Ken is doing that. And, uh, yeah, and I he just had a big fight on Fox go. Sports too. Yeah. Yeah, and that's crazy. You can get that man. Good for him, but I mean, it's a bit harder for me, right? Because uh, yeah, well, mom taking care of me. Two lines are gonna be taking care of me, but it's just um, and even if I did, even if I did have, even if I did box full time, I don't know. I don't know the business yet to do my own promotional thing, right? Like, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a big step. Um, it, it's it's big good big you step, brought man. that up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to talk a bit about the promotional side of boxing because now it seems like building your own brand in boxing is a big thing. I mean, you look at some of these fighters like Orion Garcia. Mm-hmm who has a big social media following and people yeah. say maybe he's getting looks he shouldn't because of the numbers that he draws. Um, is that something you take into consideration? Like, I know you just talked about how busy you are. I mean, you have work full time, you have two kids. Um, but is that something you, you think about? You know what? At the end of the day, a big social media following like Ryan Garcia doesn't equal pay-per-view buys. Trust me, it doesn't. It's Think about who his typical followers are. People like, you know, he's a pretty boy. You got all the girls following him and stuff. They're not going to buy pay-per-view. The, <laughs> you know. And, and plus, he just puts all his knockouts on Instagram right after he knocks them out. So why the hell am I going to buy pay-per-view when I can just sit and refresh Instagram. Like, come on. Like, I don't know, man. I, don't yeah. know. I really don't know how, what these guys are thinking. But, um, yeah, no. And that was a, that was a big thing um, with pay-per-view. They were looking to see how big of a draw he was going to be with pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, like, people are obviously paying, they were paying the money before COVID to be front row to see him just, just to go see him fight and stuff, but I don't think a big social media following. It's more just people that are curious. It's I don't think it equals pay per view buys, but yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Um, I was watching another video today where you said you're a notoriously slow starter. Yeah. Is that something you've been working on? Because, I mean, I show up to the uh, the Kenny Cherry fight and you starch, dude, with like a minute left in the first round. So is that something you've been working on? Is it something you're conscious of? Or are you the type of fighter where it's like, sometimes I need to get hit a few times in order to really get going and to see the fight better? Honestly, I just go with the flow. You know, I, uh, I like my cousin warmed me up for that fight. I do pads with my cousin at the club and he's really, really fast in the pad. So we would do like a really quick combination. And then chill out, maybe 20, 30 seconds. And uh, whereas that, when I was working with a different coach, we were just kind of, I think it was a warm-up. We did a really fast-paced warm-up. But other than that, I just kind of go out and do my thing. Like I said, I didn't mean to knock him out. I just went out and boxed him, right? So so that was like the first, before, before that, I was kind of just flicking my jab out. I wasn't fully extending it, but I was flicking out maybe three quarters of the way, and he 
he gave me a smile. If, if you watch the, the full video, he smirked at me because I was just kind of giving him the illusion that I didn't have that reach. When I did, I have a very long range. Um, and uh, I was I was trying to suck him in closer. And so he, because I was only popping my jab three quarters of the way out, he got too comfortable coming close. I kind of baited him in to fight closer in the pocket than, than he probably should, should have been. And uh, I just wait. I'm like, no, the right hand's there. I'm like, it's, 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 you can hit him with the right hand right now, but I'm like, oh, let him get closer. Let him get closer. So it's not that I had a fast start. I was just kind of thinking the whole time. I went in that box and I was thinking, I'm like, nah, nah, let him get closer. Let him get closer. Okay, he just smiled at me. He thinks, he thinks I have absolutely no rage. And I'm like, okay, now let it go. And, and it connected. So I just went out there and I was just, I was thinking the whole time and just measuring, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I combined with a pretty fast paced warm up, seemed to do the trick. Um, I, I I had another quote from you, and you kind of touched on it already. It says, "If I box, knockouts will follow, or knockouts will come." Um, oh, yeah. And it's kind of just what you talked about. But when you noticed he was wobbled, the the difference between me and you, and maybe it's the same difference with the mountain lion, but. It almost took me a second to notice he was wobbled. By the time I put it together in my brain, you had already landed another shot and dropped him. So when you when you saw him kind of go stunned, what was the thought behind it? Were was it like, oh shit, I got him? Are you even thinking at all, or is it just like right hand? It was just kill, pure kill. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> my my coach, my, so one of my coaches is a really quiet guy, and the other one, the other one talks a lot. And uh, <laughs> um, they're asking my hands, and the one coach that talks a lot saying, "Give me instructions, give me instructions." My other coach Ray kind of just wasn't saying much; he just pacing back and forth. And then, uh, and then, um, and then he was like, he didn't really say anything the whole time. He was just kind of like, you know, going go, go with the clap in his hands and, and the other coach going, going, going. And then I turned around, we turned around, we got a name call, we went to walk out the fight. And Ray, who doesn't say much, he didn't say anything, while we were warming up, grabbed me and he looked at me and he goes, this guy's a real piece of shit. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I'm like, say less, Ray, say no more. <laughs> the guy's getting his head taken off, say no more. But, um, you know what? I just it was an in, it's an instinct. That's and that's the thing, you either got it or you don't, right? That instinct to kill. Yeah. What yeah. you just mentioned like different pieces of your team. You mentioned your cousin does pads with you. Yeah. You have one coach that's super emotional and always talking and, and building the hype up and, mm -hmm. and then you have a like Ray, who's maybe a little more quiet and maybe his word carries a little more weight. How important is it being a pro boxer and building that team around you? You know what? I didn't, you don't pick your team based on personality. I just happen to have the perfect, the perfect mix. And, uh, and like, we're only supposed to have two guys. You're only supposed to be able to bring two guys to the change room. I bring three, and that's just the way it is because of the perfect mix. It's a, it's a good vibe when we're warm enough. It's a good vibe in the gym. And, and, uh, you know, it's just the perfect team, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm curious a little bit about, like, um, le like, how does it work? How do you pay your coaches? Do you pay them? 
do you pay a gym fee like those these are something that like i've been to like those um professional shows in niagara falls i've i've been to one cody crowley put on in peterborough um and then you watch the big promotions where i'm sure they take like a percentage or like a fighter pays for like a training camp etc cetera, etc cetera. but how does it work for like most professional boxers Okay, so for most professional boxes, the amount is 10% to your coach, 5% to your manager. But, um, you know, it all depends if you're small time, if you, like a guy like me and a guy that signed with top rank is going to be completely different, right? Because what some managers will yeah, do, yeah, yeah. right? Like the big the guys that are big ballers, is they'll take a young prospect and they'll be like, okay, I'll tell you what. They'll say... I'm going to pay you every week. You just turned pro. You haven't had any fights. I'm going to pay you $300 a week, no questions asked, in your bank account, right? In exchange for that, you're going to sign a 10-year contract that gives me 25% of your purse for the next 10 years. So, holy shit. But listen, 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 listen. At the time, to an 18-year-old prospect, and we're assuming this prospect's from Brooklyn, a kid with nothing, right? Yeah. Holy, 300 bucks a week, sign me up. We're going to sign, bro. Not knowing, not knowing, oh, say he goes 10 and 0, 10 KOs, he's a superstar, now you're fighting for $100,000. Guess what? You're still getting $300 a week, but you're paying that guy large coin, right? So, Holy yeah, shit. you know what? Ever since boxing's it's a sport for hustlers, bro. Right from when you step in the gym as a kid, there's the bully in each gym that's trying to hustle you into a sparring session, right? You yeah. To, oh, come on, yo, let's get some rounds in. It's like, oh yeah, I'm only 45 pounds heavier than you, but you know, let's go in and, and he's basically. He's trying to manipulate in the sparring, kind of like where it's awkward for you. But right from when when you step in a gym, man, like or at least for me, it's like boxing is a sport where it's all hustling. People trying to hustle you left, right, and center. Here's another one for you. Say you got a promoter, and and this did happen to me. Not exactly the exact situation, but I'll tell you, but. A lot, a lot of fighters say they know a fighter's hurting for money and he wants to fight whatever. They'll throw a contract at him where they'll bold out the name of the venue, Barclay Center. They'll bold out his name and he goes, oh, yeah, this looks great. And they're like, yeah, yeah, read the contract over, sign it, send it back, um, send it back and the fight's on. And what they won't show you, right? So everything's in bold. It looks great. Looks normal. They'll, in small printing, put the fine for uh, not making weight, right? I, with Danny Jacobs, when he fought Canelo at the highest level of boxing, the fine for not making weight is $100,000 a pound, right? Mm. Like, wow. Makes a huge di- when you're caught in 20 pounds, one pound in between each guy makes a huge difference. You guys know this if you're in the combat sports. Yeah, guys, for sure. Won't fight guys. Even two pounds is a huge difference. When you're cutting 20, 30 pounds. So they could send me a contract. Say they want me to fight their guy who's a big, bigger, natural weight advantage. And they'll put in tiny writing. So the fine for not making weight is supposed to be big, right? Because that's what makes a fight fair. But they'll put in small writing. The fine for not making weight $500. 
if they know uh-huh. their guy's going to be a little bit bigger. And and when and now all you see is like Barclay Center and Bold, all you see is your name. My guy, yeah, that's the day. Oh, I'm getting $3,000 right on. Just get the next three pages and sign it. But guess what? The, fi- the fine for not making weight was $500. That buddy comes in, you know, five pounds overweight. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll throw away 500 bucks. And, uh, and then you find out he's five pounds overweight. Like, holy smokes, but I need the money. So I'm going to fight anyways. And then you end up getting caught clean by a guy that's, 17 pounds heavier by the time he walks in the ring. That never happened to me, but it has happened. It's just, it's just, it's a sport where manipulation and hustling, it's just, it's nonstop, right? Nothing of that nature has ever happened to me, but it does happen, just little tricks like that, right? But, um, you, you really gotta watch yourself. But, um, That's slimy. They should be yeah. sued for that. Well, it's not sued. You signed the, you signed the That's contract. That's true, I you guess. Were, you yeah. were told to look over it. Yeah, right. but yeah. there's all sorts of little little quirks and, and stuff like that, right? But um, so did did you have someone like who who kind of mentored you in the way like, hey, like yo, you gotta read this shit. Like they they're gonna try to take advantage of you. Was there someone trying to guide you and give you advice on it, or is it like fucking school of hard knocks? It was it was baptism by fire, bro. It was uh. It was cool, yeah. hard knocks. And, and yeah. um, you know, like, it's, uh, there's a lot of interesting stories, but at the same time, I don't want to start saying names, you know what I mean? But, um, I, I've been made to believe that I was going to clean somebody's clock and the guy, and the guy was a complete low life and I was going to walk through him and, and trust me, the, the guy wasn't, the I was the guy was no slouch, right? And the, basically, promoters. If if so, I'm signed with with three lines. Are my promoters and they're good guys. They're looking out for me, right? But if you're freelancing, yeah. they'll do, and they know you're an exciting fighter. They'll uh, a lot of guys will say anything to get you in the ring, right? Because they just want fireworks on their show. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's um. I worked with Tyler Buxton for a bit. He was always really good with me. He was, he's a good promoter and stuff. But uh, yeah, I've had some interesting. But I don't want to start spitting names out, right? No, no, no. I don't no, want you. Want, no, no, no. We don't yeah. want you to fucking start no shit either. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, even, even in uh, even even in in that goes as far as like you know, going to gyms going to gyms in the States to spar and uh, like they're, they're, they're always trying to get the edge. I've even sparred guys on Terra and, and, and those be sitting bickering about the size of the gloves and it's like bro like I, I always show up to spar with 16 ounce gloves and, and these guys are throwing on what looks like they, they look like 12 ounce gloves, but they're saying they're forcing. Like, really, are you really trying to get the edge in a sparring session? Like, uh, like people are just always trying to get the edge on you, right? Yeah. And, and it's just it's a competitive business, right? So that's with yeah. anything, man. Yeah. House league soccer, people are cl- slide tackling and trying to break your legs. <laughs> it's like, relax, man. I got to go to work tomorrow. No, buddy. <laughs> people, people are probably 
people probably got their kids on the gear for how he's talking now nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably okay, so needle, probably sticking a needle in their kids' ass at halftime. You know, like, <laughs> that that wouldn't surprise people me. Are, people are retarded. Hey, yeah. so you you brought up a good point, dude. You basically, when you get in a fight, now maybe you haven't experienced this. Go, <laughs> oh, you all right, Doc? <laughs> What's that? Uh, maybe you experienced this, but like sometimes when you get in a fight, your body goes through a fucking car wreck. Like you, you're the type of dude you got to go to work Monday. You have two kids. Like, have you ever like finished a sparring session or like gotten out of a fight and it been like hard to do your your normal life? Like, what do you do? How do you work around that? No, buddy, you have no idea. I even <laughs> even sparring sessions, right? I, I start working six thirty in the morning. I have to spar that night, and I'll just get out, throw my headgear down, and be like, man, why? Like, I'll look up and be like. Why? Like I don't have the why me my mentality, but I'll be like, like I'm just gonna I'll be like, yo, fuck this shit, man. Like, <laughs> it's just I don't know. If you're working Brooklyn all day and and then you gotta run to the gym right after, and then on top of that, shower quick, and you get to your kids' house, and all my kids want to do is play right away. Like they go 150 miles an hour, and you know, like. Yeah, that's right. Do I take them to the park? I'm running around. I gotta be that. I'd be kind of like um um. They 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 demand my full attention, and we're playing the whole time, and uh, that exhausts you even more, almost more than a sparring session. But uh, you know, sometimes I'll be at the park. One kid runs runs one way towards that side of the road. The other will run that <laughs> way, and I'll just be like. I worked all day. I went and, you know, had it out with some guy for for five, six rounds, and now I'm deciding which kid to chase first. And it's just like, (laughs) man, I did not sign up for this, but I'm definitely, yeah. (laughs) It's a lot. Oh, I'm sure. Um,. Are, are you ever like you got kids you talked about are you ever worried about the damage the damage fighting can cause uh you know what people 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 of like people will gently ease into that question you know you got a family you got a family gathering or family dinner or whatever and then they'll be like you know maybe like the, the one family member after has three drinks will gently break the question. And, and I just like, you know what? She, she, she's been wanting to ask that question for about three hours now, and it took her two drinks and three hours, of, uh, three hours of planning to ask that. And you know what? You know what I love about people like that? I'll just I'll look at them and be like, hey, does it look like I get hit a lot? And I'll be like... And so it... And, and no one can come back from that. Like, no one can come back from that. And, uh, no, I know. And they'll, and they'll start stuttering and be like, oh, no, and I'll be like, there you go. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? I went, for, I went for CT scan. Like, for pro boxing, you have to get CT scans, EEG, ECG. You have to get, all, like, the testing is a nightmare. The physical is a complete nightmare. But, they said I've never had a concussion. I'm better off than most hockey and football players they've seen. That's and, crazy. 
like I'm a good defensive fighter, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't remember the last time I've been buzzed. The one time in the amateurs, I fought this dude, and this guy hit me so hard. I bro, I felt like I'd been in the car accident. This guy, I actually looked at this guy like, like, bro, like relax, holy shit, <laughs> you know, like, jeez. And I remember though, but like everything was like, and I was seeing blurry, and I thought. Like, instantly, I was like, holy fuck, I'm going to get knocked out. I've never been hit this hard in my life. And I actually, like, I've been rocked hard, but this was, like, next level. This guy threw a fake. I bit on it, and I got I got dinged. And I remember, like, I felt my legs go. I'm like, holy fuck, I'm going to get knocked out. And then he came in, wind up with a big haymaker, and I kind of rolled into the punch, and I tied him up. And I and I kind of walked him into the corner of the rest, like, break. I'm like, I'm not fucking letting go of this guy, not a chance. And I went break, and I was like, break, and break, and I kind of just tied it out. So then um, we got, we had a little exchange, and I kind of like, I put my glove up, and he threw a punch at my glove, and I kind of rolled with the punch, and I spat my mouth guard into the crowd. So it didn't, it didn't look obvious to us. So then, obviously, they stopped it. The, the ref had to uh, the ref had to obviously get the mouth guard go wash out. By then I was well, well recovered, right? But but um, a little yeah, veteran move. There you go. Little it actually it was just quick thinking. Obviously that, that's not something you practice, right? And and yeah. I was only about I was only about nineteen when I fought that guy. So so that was just I don't know, man. That was that was just. That's a veteran move. You know what? It's now I'm a calm man by nature, you know. So I mean, that's just, it's 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 calm man's way of thinking. But uh, you know, I you can't fight fair. Well, we're just we're just fighting fair. Get you, get you know what? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's a fucking perfect way to end the show. Fighting fair gets you nowhere. Fuck that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, man, thank you so much for coming on. Seriously, this has been an absolute blast. Hopefully, you get to fight soon. I would love to come out and watch you starch another dude. Hopefully, you make him, you play with him a little. Like, I would like seeing it go two rounds next time. Uh, But uh, (laughs) the first round knockout. Hey, why go two rounds and go one? (laughs) Go home quick. I don't like taking any showers that I don't have to, bro. If I can, if I can get them out of there in the first round, go to the after party without showering, then I'm good. You know? <laughs> hey, and, and and in the words of Anthony or Antonio, well, Anthony Maslin, Antonio, uh, if I box, knockouts will come. Fucking right, baby. Okay. Let's go. go. Let's okay. go.